Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Uncut. My name is Matt Timonini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear from Ohio State's offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach Brian Hartline and two of his starting wide receivers. First, you will hear from Coach Hartline, who talks about not only his wide receiver room, but also the offense as a whole as the new OC. And he talks about the play calling distribution between him and Ryan Day. Then you will hear from somebody who I may or may not be predicting to win the Heisman Trophy this year, Marvin Harrison Jr. He not only talks about his role going into the season, perhaps moving a little bit more into the slot. He also discusses true freshman Carnell Tate and how the newcomer reminds Marv of himself just a year ahead of schedule. He thinks Tate as a true freshman is where he was as a sophomore last year, which is absolutely bonkers to think about. And then finally, we hear from Julian Fleming, who perhaps for the first time in his entire Ohio State career, feels like he's healthy. He talks about his two labrum surgeries, how he feels going into the season, and much more. Now, before we get into all of that audio, we wanted to let you know about an unbelievable contest that the Fans First Sports Network is offering. If you were listening to this, I know you are a college football fan, but if you are also an NFL fan, you don't want to miss out on this opportunity. If you would like to attend your favorite NFL team's week one game, you are in luck. The Fans First Sports Network, which this podcast is a part of, is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. The rules to enter are simple. Go to contest.fansfirstsports.com, put in your email address, and that's it. Once you've done that, you will be officially registered to win four free tickets to any week one NFL game. So what are you waiting for? You can pause this podcast, go to contest.fansfirstsports.com, enter your email address for your shot to see your favorite team, and then come back 
to hear from Brian Hartline, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Julian Fleming. Okay, with all of that out of the way, up first is Ohio State's offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach, Brian Hartline. Yeah, it's an all a new perspective, really. I mean, people do this for years and years and years, and they would think they would continue to learn every year. Uh, so I'm learning from the best, from Coach Day and Coach Fry and Coach Fitch and Coach Philbin and the rest of the staff. I mean, I'm surrounded by elite people and elite coaches, so uh, every day is an opportunity to learn something new, and that's definitely how I have felt uh, from the jump. Could not think of a better person for X to get that award. Uh, you know, I know he's made an impact on our room, and I've seen that. I'm sure he's made an impact in the running back room when he was in there. He impacts those on special teams with direct relation to them. I mean, you can't say enough about the gentlemen that impact others. I mean, again, you guys have heard me say it. I'm beating a dead horse, but uh, you know, stats are one thing. They come and go. I mean, I've seen – Lots of great stats, but the way you make people feel and the way you you know help people grow, they remember forever. And uh, couldn't have picked a better person. Very proud to have him in our room, and uh, but we see it firsthand day in and day out. Brian, uh, in the spring, you said you were about six or seven deep in the spring. Where are you at now with that? Oh, that's a good question. Not a great counter. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm very, very, very pleased. Not to put a number on it, I, I could, but to sit here and think about that. I mean, we are uh, very healthy uh, in the receiver room. Uh, I, I trust these guys. We've got a lot of guys that are quote-unquote young guys, but I don't feel that on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, that's a, that's a heck of a compliment, in my opinion. And uh, I'm really, really excited to watch them mature and grow, uh, not only the young guys, but the whole group as we go through the season. I mean, how you are week one, you can't be come week 12. And, uh, you know, without my imagination running wild, uh, I'm really excited to see that maturation uh, over the uh, over the season. Brian, every time, uh, plenty of times he talked to Brian Day, he's brought up the progression of Cardinal Tate, which he's done over the last nine months. From your perspective, what have you seen from him? And has he put himself in a position where he could legitimately get Oh, Carnell's done a great job. I mean, as a football player, he's, you know, and he is uh, very mature. And when you when you give that mature tag to a football player, it says a lot. I mean, it's hard to, to put into words, and I can try, but uh, his ability to take meetings to the field, his ability to correct mistakes in one try, his ability to hold himself accountable to mistakes, uh, for me to ask him questions about why he did something and for him to give me the answers back um, shows a lot of uh, – Intentional work, which is very, very important. Uh, and that's, again, usually an older guy kind of thing. Um, just really proud of him. And he's, he's had a lot of adversity, and that's well documented. And, uh, you know, to build relationships with these young men since they were sophomores and to see all the things they've gone through and done. And, I mean, you can't put it into words, and I'm trying, but, like, very proud of him. He's definitely put him in position uh, to play very, very meaningful reps. And uh, that's not just me. That's the room agreement. That wasn't, like, my choice. Peers know. If I have a question, I go ask the guys, and they let me know. And we're all on the same page. Is he maybe – I mean, 
kind of talked about Marvin maybe the same way and Mecca the same way when they first got here. Garrett obviously got on the field in 19. Is he maybe a step further than maybe where they were when they first got here and how they approach things? I don't want to compare people to people. I really don't. I, I appreciate that. And those, those are some great comparisons now. So uh, nothing against uh, anything. But Carnell's his own man, and he's gone about it his own way, and it's been very, very impressive. What do you like about Brandon in his yeah, I would say Brandon, you know, being a guy that uh, unfortunately couldn't be here in the summer, uh, you, you worry about him being behind. And I haven't felt that lag. He's, he's really caught up to the guys. He's very inquisitive, asks great questions. Sometimes guys ask questions, you're like, gosh, I wish you didn't ask me that question. The question itself scares you. But, like, he has some good questions. And, uh, you know, so I've been impressed with him, too. Uh, but, you know, I, I have a lot of comparisons to him in my head. Just I'll throw it out there for that. When Chris came in in June, you know, it just took him maybe a little more time to kind of just establish himself, not that he wasn't capable. And I, I see a lot of correlation there with Brandon. He's doing a phenomenal job, and he's going to help us a lot this year. Hey, Brian, do you guys have a fullback right now? Uh, we've got plenty of fullbacks. I think fullbacks will be, uh, uh, you know, a, potentially a – a big running back or a tight end, it doesn't. We have plenty of guys that are willing to do any kind of job as a fullback, um, and doesn't have to just be on offense. So I'm sure we got plenty. Brian, uh, Julian Fleming is a guy who's gone through a lot of injury stuff. What have you seen from him this, this summer um, in the off season? Yeah, yeah. What I've seen from Julian. Julian, uh, uh, his growth as a leader, again, very important, has been substantial, and it just kind of tells you a lot about the young man as he grows as a person and uh, what he's like on and off the field and how he's growing. I would say that Julian's um, football mechanics have continued to increase. He came in as a very, very high-skilled athlete and had to learn how to play receiver. And he's continued to do that at incremental you know, uh, levels. He's continued to grow each time, each time. Guys always want it to be faster than it always is. That's always the case. But he's continued to grow every stinking time. And uh, now, you know, with two bionic shoulders and uh, everything put back together. Uh, I'm really excited for him to have a great year this year. Is there a particular area where you feel like he's grown the most? Area he's grown the most. I mean, everything, honestly. I don't mean to minimize that. Football IQ, through the roof now. Great questions. Understands the intricacies of receiver play. Uh, football mechanics, his top-end mechanics are so much better, so much cleaner. Uh, growing as a person. Grades have been continued to be solid. You know, I wouldn't call him a straight-A student, but he's been very consistent there. I mean, just overall growth in every, every facet of a, as an athlete and as a person. We talk about guys asking great questions. Can you give an example of what that sounds like? I cannot. <laughs> on the, on the radio last night, Ryan was talking about kind of the play calling and stuff. That's yeah. going to be a joint effort. Um, how do you feel like you've kind of like grown into that area, having time in spring, having time in camp, just kind of yeah, I have a lot of confidence. Um, the guys around me, the players around me, give me a lot of confidence. But, uh, gosh, I mean, I literally walk in the day, every single day, learning from some of the best. Like, I can't minimize that. And it's easy to minimize that. So, uh, you know, whether, you know, I'm learning from the receivers or they're learning from me or a coach is learning from me and I'm learning from them, I just feel like it's an opportunity every day to get mad at myself about not doing something I wish I could have done better. That's just the truth. Every day, I try to go home disappointed, but it's never good enough, and I just try to make sure I keep that at bay. Uh, but, you know, all kidding aside, it's just uh, I'm really just trying to learn as much as possible, and every time I get an opportunity to do so, I feel like I have. Well, how, much, how much more on your 
How much more do you expect to have kind of on your plate week in, week out with like the game plan stuff? Like how, how different is your role this year when the season was like you, you know, I would say we have great guys. Uh, it's always a joint effort everywhere. And, uh, you know, I would say we have great guys in multiple categories. We kind of let them specialize, if you will. And so, you know, let, this, let people be uh, experts in their particular area. And uh, we'll lean on that. And we're not going to let somebody study a certain area and then not, you know, listen to them. That's not, that's not the way to go about things. But that being said, it's a joint effort. Uh, I want to make sure that, you know, I have an opinion, a strong opinion in every area. So obviously, I probably didn't have that last year. So uh, with that, uh, with more uh, responsibility becomes uh, more requirements. So I just got to make sure uh, I'm ready to uh, give insightful information and not just fill the air. Ryan, uh, last two questions. The play calling is really the <laughs> the play calling is really the, the least of the, of the responsibilities. It's like the cherry on top almost. There's so much more that goes into the job. What's, what part of the job, other than the play calling, has been the biggest challenge, the most kind of eye-opening for you? Uh, I, I can't say I have a great answer for that. I mean, I think that I'm a pretty open book, and uh, um, I don't really have one. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I mean, I think that uh, just the cha again, everything I kind of commented on, everything, the challenge of making sure you're well versed in all areas is important, and uh, that's a scope that I haven't operated with in the past. I'm on this side now. I'm on this side. Yeah. Based on a confidence factor, how has it grown from your view of the offensive line from the way camp started to now? Obviously, there was a flip-flop in the middle of camp a little bit, left to right, you know, the tackles and stuff. But you as a coordinator, what, what, what do you like about this group that uh, seems to be mm -hmm. together? I think the unselfishness, you know, I mean, to be able to change positions in the best interest of the team, that typically is not always not that it's not a, the most, the easiest for the individual. So uh, that's pretty impressive uh, to see them grow and mature and get better. I mean, across the board, that's been impressive. Uh, the communication skills, hearing them talk. I mean, just like anything you needed to get done through the off season is just slowly being checked. And now we're just chasing cons consistency. I mean, it's going to happen. It's not if we can, it's just how often. And that's what we're chasing because, uh, again, greatness is measured in increments of consistency. Anybody can do it once. Most can do it once. But those that do it all the time change their level of greatness. That's what we're chasing. Yeah. Quickie, I mean, I, I, asked, I asked Ryan about this yesterday. I wanted to get your view on it. It seems like receivers more and more are coming in more polished than ever. I mean, meaning, I don't mean they don't have things to learn, but uh, they're on a level that you can work with immediately. You, you follow my, maybe I'm wrong. I think you're just spoiled. Yeah. What? I think you're just spoiled. Really? I think. I was going to say, but is it? <laughs> you know, I, I think we have great receivers, and they've chose this place for all the right reasons, and we are trying to maximize them as football players and as individuals. And they were doing a heck of a job doing it. And what is the baseline? What is it they've gotten before they got here that just stands out? That's my secret. I can't tell you that. <laughs> they run. You know, I mean. They catch the ball. Yeah, you know. Yeah, your, your answer is. You asked about Xavier already, but it's the second year in a row that Blanco has come from your room. I mean, your room's known for the talent. What mm -hmm. does this say, though, about what else you have developing in that? Yeah, I think that the development uh, mentally and spiritually and, and culturally 
drives everything athletically. You know, I think that, uh, you know, in the room, there's nothing like peer pressure. There's not. And, and I can recommend guys, <clears throat> excuse me, to do this or do that, suggest things, all your top end, your stance, all these different things. But if they know the guy behind them can't do it, then is there as much pressure as there, you really think there is for that guy? I mean, so we have a room full of guys, and they work together. They learn from each other. And uh, the peer pressure to get it right the first time and consistently get it right really helps their development, really challenges them and helps them maximize what they're capable of. And frankly, it's a very NFL uh, you know, model. I mean, you can't, you can't be wrong. You can't have a bad day. That's just the reality of it. And, and all these guys know that. They, they relish in it, and they challenge each other. Now, with Xavier being uh, the block O, I mean, that's culturally, too. I think we have an over 3-0 in our room. Like, that's, there's a 3-over, 3-0 on the team. But in the receiver room, we have over 3-0 QM GPA. Super proud of that. And, and frankly, we might make it uncomfortable if you don't. If you're either helping our GPA or you're hurting it. So it's very clean. And, uh, you know, so we, we try to have fun with it. I, you know, we love hard. We work hard, but we love hard. Uh, but I think uh, guys like Xavier, guys like Cam Babb is why you see the achievements athletically because culturally uh, it's been very, very healthy. Are you surprised there's still a quarterback? Excuse me? Are you surprised you don't have a starting quarterback? Oh, we have a starting quarterback. I guess we just, have, we just don't know which one, you know, but we definitely, we definitely have one. <laughs> This play calling thing, right? I mean, we've been asking questions about this for months. Just, it seemed like it was like Ryan was hard for him to like the idea of maybe giving that up. Just from your side of things, what was the process like? What were the conversations like with you and Ryan? Just so we get a little insight into how you thought the process went. Man, yeah, my biggest thing, and again, I, I don't know, I almost to speak on this, but like, I just want to win, like. How it gets done and how we do it, like, I want to win. And we all feel the same way. And uh, I'll tell you, I mean, uh, I guess that just correlated to me. Like, I love coaching receivers. I got into coaching to be a receivers coach. If I, if I had to do something else, but I had to give that up, gosh, you're really challenging the core of my, like, of, of what I really like. And I'm not saying that's happening, but I'm just trying to put it in my mind. Like, of course it's hard. I'm sure it's hard. It, he probably loves it. And I love coaching receivers, so I just correlate to that. But I'm on board for everything. You know, it's know me. So uh, I love, I want to win. I love developing these young men. The rest, we'll figure out. Coach, thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. Up next, we will hear from the best player in college football, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, they're both competing. Uh, it's a battle at the end of the day. I think everyone knows that. Um, and I'm just out there trying to do my part. That's all I can say. I mean, he's making a decision, so whatever he says, that's what, that's what it is. 
Julian has uh, obviously gone through a lot of adversity. What have you seen from him this year? How's he different on the field? I think you know he's just continued to work hard, uh, continue to put in uh, you know, more work you know, outside of uh, the practice fields and just in his own free time, you know, whatever he's doing, taking care of his body, uh, you know, getting extra passes on the, the Monarch, just you know, whatever he can do to uh, get ready for this season, I think he's definitely taking that approach. What has impressed you about Carnell Tate and then Brandon Lewis getting here now East? Yeah, um, Carnell's going to be special, man. I think Carnell's probably at a better point right now than I was going into my sophomore year. So uh, I think, yeah, so last year. So, I mean, I think he's, he's amazing. He, uh, he handles his business. Uh, you know, he's always in the right spot, catches the ball, runs great routes. So I'm excited to really see you know, what his career looks like. Uh, I think he'd be one of the best receivers to ever come through Ohio State. So uh, you know, his future is very bright and just how he's handled his situation you know, on and off the field. Uh, you know, I can't speak to you know, how hard that must be for him. So, um, and then Brandon, he's getting better each and every day too. He comes in, he has a lot of confidence and he goes out there and just makes plays. So uh, I think definitely Brandon and Carnell uh, remind me of me and Mech and how he came in um, when we were freshmen. So um, they're two very talented receivers. I definitely can't wait to see what the future holds. Yeah, Garrett used to talk about you and Mech that way. How, this is, that's just kind of how it is, receivers now. It's just, the new group comes in and you just they remind you of your, you know, your younger selves. And, and that's just kind of how it is. Why is that? Why is that, Mark? Why, why are you guys so, for one with another term, sort of polished already when you get here? I know there's things you need to work on. Like, we were just watching you there for 20 minutes. But what? How do you explain receivers being that advanced now? Uh, I mean, I think it's not like that everywhere in the country, for sure. So I think you have to give Coach Hartline a lot of credit for just recruiting the right people, the guys that are already very talented and getting them to come here. But I think just you know, as a fan of football, what 707 has done for you know, the younger guys, they're kind of playing football all year round now. Um, you know, with the South Florida Express, you know, I think Carnell and Brandon both played for. So, I mean, I think it's just they've been playing football for so long and, you know, so much in their careers that you get to college and you're kind of already polished. And then, you know, just you come here and just make the plays at this point. What stands out about this offense through the uh, through, through preseason camp, the scrimmages y'all have had? Do you feel like y'all were going to pick up from a, an aggressive standpoint the way y'all played against Georgia? Do you feel like that's where y'all going to pick up from? Yeah, I think uh, even in the loss, we still realize that uh, – from an offensive standpoint, there was definitely some bright spots there. Uh, obviously, we didn't get the win, so it wasn't perfect. But um, you know, definitely, learned, we learned a lot from that game. Just how we can you know, factor that into the next season. I think we definitely uh, kind of taking that same aggressive approach going into this year. Marvin, if uh, Ryan were to go with two quarterbacks against Indiana, would you feel would you feel pretty good about that decision? Yeah, I mean that's the decision he makes. Like I said, my job is to play receiver. I'm just out there, you no. Know, be at the right spot for the quarterback and catch the ball and get some more yards after the catch for them. So that's the decision he goes with. I'm, for, I'm all for it. I think it would be pretty seamless, like if, like, let's say, Kyle plays one quarter and then Devin or maybe even alternating drives. You think the transition would be pretty seamless between the two? There wouldn't be much of a difference? I mean, yeah, I think they're both going to do the right thing from a quarterback standpoint, make the right reads. I think they both definitely have the arm talent um, to both be able to make any throw in the offense that we're asked of them. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think really, you know, too much would be different. Given your size and skill set, what does that bring to the slot position that maybe other guys don't bring there? Yeah, I mean, I think if you just look at the slot receivers in Ohio State's offense over the past couple of years, there's a lot of success. Uh, you know, dating back to, you know, KJ Hill, Paris Campbell, uh, you know, Jackson, you know, Garrett for one year, and, you know, Mecca last year. So, I think the slot is a very... Um, 
you know, important piece in our offense. And then even from a run blocking standpoint, I think that's where you know, my slots can kind of come into play. Uh, you know, we ask our slots, you know, come sometimes dig out linebackers and some block the end. So uh, I think I definitely can do that in the offense. And then just also just being a mismatch. I mean, I like my chances against the safety anytime. Uh, so I think it's just definitely it brings a different element to the offense. You emphasize a lot in the spring that wanting to get better at yards after the catch. Yeah. And then you spent a lot of those spring in the slot. But how do you actually get better at that? Game reps. Game reps. You really can't. Um, you know, hard to get in practice. You get, catch the ball, get tagged off, and you, mean, you can only do so much. But I think yards after the catch is kind of more, you know, it's a, definitely a mindset thing. Um, just not letting the first person tackle you. Uh, you know, trying to do as much as you can after the catch. Uh, I think it's really just a mindset. You can't really practice that as much. Mark, what is it about Xavier that made him the right guy to wear the blocker this year and be a captain? I think X is the perfect uh, example for what you want an Ohio State player to be. Uh, you look at his story, you know, coming in, uh, I think he played corner first, uh, was a walk-on guy, came in with an injury. He's played in so many different uh, position rooms, corner, uh, running back, he moved the receiver, and, and he just always uh, kept working. Everybody complained about anything. Uh, and just his leadership on and off the field, you're the guy. He's the guy that you, you know, want leading the team. Um, like I said, he's just a great example. You know, for you know myself and just the rest of the guys on the team. So I think he's just the perfect uh, person to put to wear the blocko. The Mecca played hurt a lot last year. Can you see a difference in him now that he's he's, he's healthy and ready to go? Yeah, I think um, just that explosiveness. I think he kind of, he might have lacked a little bit just from certain injuries. Uh, I think I'm very excited to see you know what he can do you know when he is healthy. But uh, I think playing injuries is a part of the game. You know, no one's really healthy, especially after really going into week one. Uh, just with uh, the brutals of camp, no one's really healthy going into the season. So, uh, but I think he definitely has made uh, improvements to you know his athletic ability, just uh, with coach making the weight room and you know, becoming more explosive, and you know, quick twitch and everything like that. So, um, it's definitely exciting to see. You like your chances? Uh, Two more questions. Against the safety. Against the safety. What about a big against Davis and Nick Benosi? Yeah, Dave. Yeah, uh, no, Dave is great. I'm so glad we got him on our team. I think he brings a different. You know, element to that DB room, just the dog mentality, mentality that he has. Um, he's going to go out there and compete every day. Uh, he's one of the hardest working DBs I've been around. Um, we've done you know, plenty of extra releases on Saturdays and uh, whatever, anytime after the workouts, he's always asking me to do some extra releases. And we're out there for 30 minutes just doing releases and just getting each other better. So uh, I'm definitely grateful that he's on our team for sure. What do you think about that cornerback group and in the, in the, in the uh, secondary as a whole? I mean, uh they made upgrades uh, this year. How would you explain? It? Yeah, I think they definitely made a lot of improvements. Just uh, they're getting their hand, their hands more on you know passes, and uh, I think more so just they're just being more competitive um, at the catch point, and I think that's definitely shown in fall camp. Uh, from a receiver standpoint, you kind of like it, but don't like it at the same time. But uh, I'm definitely excited to see you know what they do against you know, other teams because they've had a phenomenal camp and. Uh, they're only going to get better from here. I don't know how much you go against Yeah, I think Sonny is one of those guys. You just put him on the field wherever. DN, linebacker, safety. Just He can play every position on the field, and he's just that good of a player where um, he can impact the game from any spot. So I think he's going to definitely bring a lot to our defense from a versatility standpoint, and just what he can do you know, on the defensive side of the ball.
Joey, last just, question just here. Clarify, is that something you continue to do much in camp? I know you saw some of that in the spring, but is that something you've done more? Yeah, I think we're moving you know, everybody all around. Uh, obviously, Mecca's in the slot, but the Mecca can go outside too. Uh, Julian, uh, we obviously move Xavier everywhere, running back, slot outside guy. So I think we're just all moving each other around. So it makes it harder for the defense to game plan and where we're going to be each play. Great. Marvin, thank you very much. Of course. Appreciate you guys. We will wrap up today's episode with a guy who could surprise a lot of folks around college football, Julian Fleming. How you guys doing? Coach Harline said you're healthy now. Two bionic shoulders. What can you share about that? Yeah, so I had surgery. I'm, you know, one shoulder after my freshman year, one shoulder after last year. So we are good to go, clear to go. Sorry. Oh, my fault. Am I too far? Yeah, so they were uh, labrum surgeries. They were a little bit more extensive than a regular labrum. But um, like I said, all healthy now, and uh, you know, we're just ready to work. How, when's the last time you were fully healthy, if you have been since you got here? It's a great question. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm honestly uh, not too sure. And what's it like to be healthy? You know, it's great right now, um, you know, just being able to get out there and continue to participate and, you know, feel good. So it's been, it's been a blessing so far. I'm just excited, excited to continue to work. Coach Hartline said that you came in as a great athlete and you had to learn how to play this season. What's been the toughest parts of learning how to play this season? Uh, you know, definitely coming from a you know a small town, uh, small football town, and running the Delaware wing T offensive one receiver on the field was definitely not ideal coming into college. So um, I'd say one of the hardest things my freshman year was just coming in and learning uh, you know signals for plays and things like that, um, alignments, work on a top end, which I never did a top end. We have a specific way that we do that. So it was definitely a big learning curve, but uh, you know now I feel really comfortable doing everything. How has your leadership developed over time? That's something else he's talked about. Really, this year especially. Yeah, you know. Um, I really felt like my first two years I couldn't really develop as a leader much, you know, just based off my injuries and stuff, and I wasn't contributing the way I wanted to. But um, the past two years, I feel like I, I kind of am um, starting to grow into that leadership role and continue to, uh, you know, excel at it. You know, I'm an older older dude in the wide receiver room now, so I feel like a lot of young kids need someone, you know, someone to look up to. Somebody's been through it, you know. Somebody's been through, you know, not having things go their way all the time. How, I guess how was that adversity molded you? Yeah, so there's a, you know, obviously there's no growth without adversity. So, uh, you know, just going through through th uh, certain things and, you know, like I said, having things not always go my way has definitely has made me stronger as a person. I think stronger mentally, definitely. So, you know, I'm just excited to work. You came in as the number one player in the country. That's a lot of pressure for a guy, especially coming from a wing tee offense. And you're probably thinking, okay, that's nice, but I don't know anything. Kind of that juxtaposition, that... How did you kind of deal with that? Because you knew how raw you were, but you also had to deal with the expectations. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of throw away people's expectations. You know, I was the number one recruit according to a website. So, you know, everybody expects different things. Some people expected a lot, some people didn't expect too much. But, you know, I just always expected me to be myself and, uh, you know, constantly just improve in every aspect that I can. So, at what point this summer did you feel like you felt 100% you felt? Uh, I felt like I was 100%, you know, coming into really summer workouts. Uh, I forget when I exactly I had surgery, whatever it was. But uh, you know, the rehab was great. We have the best training staff in the country here, so they, uh, you know, they took it took it pretty easily. But you know, when we had to ramp it up, we ramped it up, and it's been, uh, you know, it's been a really really good rehab. What did you focus on this offseason to 
prepare yourself to be a different receiver or better receiver for, for The thing I've really been focused on is health. Uh, you know, just constantly taking care of my body the best that I can, coming in here, getting all the extra treatment, getting all the extra work that I possibly can to stay healthy and constantly be able, you know, be able to be available. You know, Coach Hart always talks about the best ability is being available, so that's really one of the things I've worked on the most. Julian, is this process with the quarterbacks <coughs> build the connection you need with both of these guys? You repeat that one. Has the process with the quarterbacks that's been playing out, has that allowed you to build a connection that you need with both of those guys and how so? Yeah, I think so. Uh, obviously, we have two really, really good quarterbacks. You know, one came in from PA, one from Arizona, and I think they both excel, you know, at pretty much everything. Uh, you know, they're really good. Uh, CJ, you know, he's hard to follow up, but I think they're both going to do really, really well. Does it feel different when either one of them is in the practice scenarios when you guys are scrimmaging, whatever? Is there a distinct difference between those two guys? Um, I don't know. I honestly think, like I said, I think they're both really, really good quarterbacks. They both excel at different things, and they honestly are both going to be first-round draft picks in the future if they continue to work the right way and continue to do everything the right way. So, you know, great kids. I love them both. So we'll, we'll see what happens. How are they handling it? receiver room like you guys have with as many veterans What can a room like that do for a new yeah, we always talk about, you know, we got to make the difference. So if that's getting open a second earlier, if that's running your route a second faster, if that's making a 50-50 catch, you know, a 50-50 catch should be 70-30 in our receiver room. So that's kind of how we look at everything. How much does uh, the new talent that rolls into that room every year, how much does that serve from a motivational standpoint for, for Odell's Julian? I mean, is it every day is no day off? How would you explain that? Yeah, there's definitely no days off in the receiver room. We had a ton of young kids come in with a ton of talent, and, uh, you know, sky's the limit for them. But, you know, everybody comes in, everybody comes in ready to work, everybody comes in trying to take somebody's spot. So, you know, that's kind of just something to keep behind you all the time. Can you explain the ethic that's been developed oh, okay, in that room from the standpoint of that? Uh, was it there when you showed up here? I mean, and, and how has it, I guess, gotten bigger since a couple years have gone? Yeah, I would say it's been there before I even got there. You know, the expectation in, uh, in Zone 6 and the wide receiver room here is – catch every ball, make every play, we're the difference on the offensive side of the ball. So, uh, you know, we want to come in, like I said, we want to make every single play. We want to make it easy on the quarterbacks, make it easier on the O-linemen, and just do everything that we can in our power to be great as a team. If uh, if Ryan went with a two-quarterback set to start the season, would that, you think, have an effect on you personally, if not maybe the rest of the room? Uh, no, I don't think Coach Day, you know, Coach Day is going to make a great decision regardless. You know, he's the head dude here, and he always has run the program great, so nobody's really going to question it. I don't think it's going to have that much of a effect on anybody in the receiver unit, O-line unit, defensive unit, or anything like that. You think it would be pretty seamless, like let's say, you know, Devin, <clears throat> second quarter, maybe even alternate drives. You don't think that that would have much of an effect on the rest of you guys? No, I don't think it would. Like I said, they're two great quarterbacks, they're two great kids, and they always put their head down, and they always do all the hard work, so. I'm excited for both of them. So how would you kind of just assess your career? Rocky. Rocky. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you kind of know how it went a lot. A couple of bumps and bruises here and there. A couple of injuries that kind of sidelined me for a little bit. But, you know, it's been great. And uh, like I said earlier, there's no growth without adversity. And you can't grow through your adversity, then, you know, obviously this is not going to be the place for you. What, what are kind of your expectations for this year? This is, you know, you're a senior. And uh, right now, the goal is on Indiana first game, so I, I don't really have any self expectations right now. You know, I just want to win, and uh, you know, I want the team to be be everything that we you know work to be too. When you when you are healthy, when you're yourself, how would you describe what you do best? Um, I mean, I'm pretty big, I'm pretty physical, pretty fast. Um, I don't know. I feel like I bring the kind of different attributes depending, like I said, on my health. You, I guess you guys seen it. But um, I, I always feel like size and speed have been my biggest advantages. 
Um, you know, DBs aren't always the biggest. I'm a little bit bigger than them usually, but, you know, just being able to come out and be a playmaker. How much does being healthy allow you to be even more physical, like you said? You seem to have that ability, but I would imagine, you know, shoulder stuff, right? Maybe you couldn't have been all that. Yeah, you know, there was definitely some issues with my shoulders, and I dislocated them a bunch of different times, which nobody really ever knew about, but it just kind of happened, and you pop it back in, and you keep going. So, um, so hopefully with some screws and everything going on in there, they'll stay in place and we'll be good to go. Did you have times in games where like your shoulders would pop out and you like, have you played when you had trouble like lifting your arms up or anything, you know what I mean? Like as you're trying to catch footballs? Yeah, no, it's happened before. It happened, you know, it happened a lot in practice. There's nothing I could do about it. There's no more damage I could do to it. So it's just kind of playing through pain and playing through your pain tolerance. How can you catch a football if you can't lift your arms? Got to figure it out one way or the other. You can do that now. All good with that now? All good now, yeah. We're all, we're all set. Have you ever run a 40? Here? No. Yeah. In high school. I'm a low, low, low 4 one, uh, low 4. 4-4. Four, four. Um, right now, I'm not sure what I'll run, but we'll see. How did that impact your ability to make contested catches when you're talking about, you know, lifting your arms and trying to, you know, out-physical a DB? Yeah, it definitely had a little bit of an effect, but it's no excuse mentality. You know, plays I didn't make, I didn't make. That's I'm not going to blame it on having bad shoulders or anything like that. Last question. My go-to snack. It is a chocolate chip muffin in the microwave with vanilla ice cream on it. Love it. I thought you were off. Sugar. Thirty seconds in the microwave. You said you were doing sugar. I started sugar during camp. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, Julian. Thanks for listening to this episode of Land Grant Uncut. If you are finding us through LandGrantHolyLand.com or some other method and you are not currently subscribed to the feed, we would really appreciate it if you went to your podcast platform of choice and followed along there. That way you will get every single episode coming from the Land Grant Podcast Network. And I've got to tell you, we've got a lot of really exciting stuff happening throughout the college football season. On most days, you will get not one, not two, but three different podcasts in the feed with varied perspectives from interviews with some of the biggest names around the Ohio State football team and college football in general, to expert analysis about what you see on the field, to recruiting talk, to daily news updates and press conferences and interviews like this episode, and much, much more. Also, leave us a rating and a review, five stars if you please. If you're not going to leave five stars, why are you even doing it? To be quite honest, back in a different era of the Land Grant Podcast Network when we had completely different hosts, there's still some some fairly negative reviews pulling us down, and that doesn't reflect what we are doing here on the podcast today. So we would really appreciate it if you could throw a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to us right now. You can follow me on social media at BWWMatt. You can follow Land Grant Pods on Twitter slash X, and you can follow our website at LandGrant33. All right, that's all that we've got for you today. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon, and as always... Go Bucks.